Hey friends, never have I ever recorded a podcast before. And when my teacher told me that we had to start one for our class, I decided that I would take this opportunity to reach out to one of the coolest boss babes I know of. Meet Donnie Ray Edmondson, founder of Privilege Clothing and Piper West Watches. I am very grateful that she said yes to being on the first episode of my podcast and was just a complete sweetheart and so knowledgeable. In this podcast, we will talk about her two businesses, adapting to the changing retail and business landscape, and some of her best business tips. Here we go. You went to Trinity as well? Yes, I did. And what did you take? I took business, um, particularly entrepreneurship. Oh, they had a special stream for it. They don't have that anymore? No, they don't. Oh. They only have one entrepreneurship class. Wait, like, it's actually been so long that I'm having a hard time remembering what my specialty <laughs> was. But yeah, I swear it was entrepreneurship. I'm going to have to dig that degree up. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was always interested in owning my own business and learning that way. And I had a hard time relating to a lot of the courses in university mm -hmm. because I didn't particularly see how I could yeah. address it in my life. So um, that always intrigued me because I could see entrepreneurship going towards any avenue that I chose. And I really mm -hmm. hadn't chosen a direction for my yeah. life at that point. So what, like, when did you choose privilege? Because originally you were at the gym with your boo. Yeah. And that was actually during Trinity. I still yeah. was going to Trinity when we owned the gym. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I was doing both. And to be perfectly honest, I look at that as a dark time in my life because it was so not who I am. Mm -hmm. And you can't really fight who you are. Yeah. And so there was literally a day where I kind of just packed my stuff up and I said, like, I'm going to start a store. And I'm like, at that point, I just wanted a boutique. Mm -hmm. and I just, I didn't really envision the whole brand. Yeah. But I wanted to do something creative that nurtured. I've always really had a creative side with fashion. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a little kid, I would, I like to sew. Yeah. Um, when I was like six years old, my grandpa bought me a sewing machine and I would make, oh, before God. that I would make my sister and my brother clothes out of paper bags. Really? Or plastic bags. And I would dress them up like just creatively. That's so fun. And then when I got a sewing machine, I started using like bed sheets or like drapes when, mm -hmm. after everyone had gone to bed and I would like turn them into things. Yeah. Any fabric I could find. So I always just had a creative outlet there. And mm -hmm. so I just wanted to explore it. And it was simple. And before that, I would like buy and sell clothing on eBay. And so I just, I had a, I thought it was just a personal interest. I didn't yeah. really think it could be a business. And then one day it just kind of clicked. And I was like, this is what I'm, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Was it like from any of your family members or friends saying like, Truth be told, I actually... A gym and a clothing store are quite different. Completely you know? random. And I think that there, I had an interest to run my own business. Mm -hmm. So that's the common similarity there. Yeah. But I know it's so different. And I think I just was younger and I wasn't listening to who I was and following yeah. my heart. Maybe I didn't... I think a lot of young people maybe don't even understand that they really can have a job in mm -hmm. something that they're passionate about. Um. And so well, I don't know what the trigger was that made it click one day. But it just happened. But it just happened. Thankfully. Yeah. Since you sewed clothing for your siblings and then you started Privilege's own line, because you started their own line a couple of years ago, right? So yeah, I had Privilege, the store. After yeah. about a year, I decided to open a second location and I actually franchised a location as well. Mm -hmm. So I went from one to three pretty quickly. And where it really started was a simple like I really liked fashion and clothing yeah. and there wasn't anything that was really like nurturing that desire I, I'd go shopping on Friday for something to wear and I wouldn't really find anything that mm -hmm. I liked and, oh you have to travel to go get it you have to online shopping was becoming a thing but it wasn't really what it is today yeah so you like go on trips to LA and you could buy stuff but I was like why can't we just have a store here that 
mm-hmm. that has all of those things that you liked. And for, it's kind of started around premium denim. And it was like, there was a need yeah. for, that was when like true religion was really popular. Oh my gosh, thank God it's not <laughs> anymore. But they were really sought after these like designs that people would spend a lot of money. And so I was like, okay, well you can build a business around this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always like wanted it to be bigger. Yeah. And so I just kept kind of growing. I did my research before coming on your 100th podcast in, uh, episode. Yeah. You said that the landscape has changed a lot in both retail and fashion since 2011. How do you think privilege has been able to stay relevant and been able to just like be open to adapting with the changing oh, landscape? I feel like it's a common struggle we have. I'm sure my sister who's sitting beside me right now is probably rolling her eyes. <laughs> we're constantly changing our mind or switching directions. And I see, I've always been really aware that there is a major shift towards e-commerce. There's no question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's affecting our lives so rapidly. Um, retail's changing really quickly. And so we're always kind of trying new things or thinking of new platforms to be a part of. We launched Priv based around that idea because when you're competing globally, you need something really proprietary. Mm-hmm. And carrying other people's brands, is you're only as proprietary as the, the store next door. So yeah. it's you're kind of limited, and I saw it a bit as a dying field. So I thought if we'd make something curated and unique, mm-hmm. well, then we have something that we can scale globally and build yeah. an e-commerce platform and have a wholesale platform and sell to other loca- other boutiques. Or um, recently we got into a bit more the spa industry. So okay, because yeah. we have done really well with our PJs and yeah. our loungewear, I thought, how great would it be to kind of get into the spa and resorts industry? Because although retail mm-hmm. stores is actually a really struggling marketplace right now, yeah, the spa and resort industry is growing like 20% from last year. Oh, so wow. the statistics are like, I'm like, well, I want to be there. I yeah. want to be where the market's growing. So I think you can never, I think where I've had faults in the past is when you set your mind really sternly on who you are mm-hmm. and you're not open to what your customer or your market's going to tell you yeah. because you need to be able to change with what the customer wants and what the marketplace is going to tell you. And staying adaptable. Constantly. Constantly, and sometimes it's like shedding part of who you thought you were, or mm-hmm. part of who you you stand true that your brand is. But but if it's not really being reciprocated or appreciated, mm-hmm. it, there's really no point in doing it. Yeah. So that's hard. Yeah, but it's also like you have to be unemotional about it. It's not. It's a. It's a business. Yeah. It's not like someone saying, "I don't like Donnie Ray." It's just um, you have to. You can't do it all, and you have to address mm-hmm. what's working and what's not working in yeah, this industry. And it'd be so fun for someone to go to a spa and then like be able to buy those pajamas from your store and have a little piece of spa. Well, at that's home. what we're trying to yeah. achieve. So we went, and we did our first spa trade show in September, mm-hmm. and we had a really positive response. We sold to a lot of big resorts, and mm-hmm. I see that as a major opportunity going forward. We're growing our distribution there. We've now we have sales reps in France, Morocco and two in the United States. Wow. So although Canada is like natural for us, we have mm-hmm. a lot of doors across Canada, um, there's a huge opportunity in that in that market. Since you have your boutique, which is privilege, you have other people's brands that you carry, and now you're asking other people to carry your brand. So, so. interesting being on the other side. <laughs> yeah, how's it like? It's kind of just, if you think of it though, it's just a vertically integrated company, right? So mm-hmm. we just said we, we manufacture, we distribute, yeah. we sell. Um, so it's just different layers. It's different layers on who your customer is. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, it's not really that much different than me carrying around like free people and competing against free people on, true, on yeah. the web, right? <laughs> so everyone, like anything is your competitor nowadays. Mm-hmm. We're competing against so many brands globally. And I think that's what makes it difficult, but also really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I just think when markets get tough, like we opened in 2007 and I mean, you're quite young, so but a lot of people remember what 2008 looked like. I had one really great month, and then in 2008, the real estate market dropped, yeah. and it was really tough times. 
And so retailers always talk about this great time that was like before 2007, how easy retail was and how much money yeah. there was in it. And so I never really existed in that time. I was kind of always like, I think I think I've grown my business through a tough economic time and mm-hmm. I look back on that yeah. as, as difficult times. And you thrived through it well, and made it through. I don't like to be like I thrived because we had so many difficulties along the way as well. Yeah. But we we never had this unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Like we were realistic about what it was. Mm-hmm. So our sales expectations were it's different than maybe someone who had been in business for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So That's we just... Fair. And you have to constantly change. Like we um, have been going through some internal changes recently where we're kind of downsizing our office staff because it's so important to be in front of the customer mm-hmm. and we're really growing the digital space. Things are changing. Parts of our business have gone offshore. Yeah. So it's nice to have a big team locally, but it's not always feasible either. So mm-hmm. I'm just unemotional about it and open to change. That's good. Um, so how do you think you build, like in air quotes, the perfect team? Like to have the good company culture you want and to correctly like project your I would say you hire people that have the same values as you Mm -hmm. and listen to your gut because there's been times where I've ignored my gut and those are the times 10 out of 10 that I'm always like being a little too patient Mm -hmm. keeping them on board a little bit too long um, not making an unemotional decision I think you just need to trust so it's like one thing of like trusting your gut, but also making a decision, not necessarily based on their resume, but based on the person you see in front of you. Mm-hmm. So like who they are, what are their, what's their value system? Like, can you work with them as your personalities mesh together? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of factors. So what type of person do you think does well here? Or what type of person does, if it's easier, what type of person does not do well here? A term that I keep going back to recently is drivers. Like I really am at a time where I want drivers in the business. Mm -hmm. Um, I want people who are hustlers, who are creative, who are bringing new ideas to light, not doing the same thing as everybody else in the industry. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize that that was what was missing with some people and Mm -hmm. then what I was nurturing in other people. But I think it's a really important time in like business development worldwide mm-hmm. that only the strong really are going to survive and so you yeah. have to have people that are going to think outside the box and really go and get it yeah who do the follow through there's people you know there's different types of people some people that just like master delegate mm-hmm. and, get, and they everybody kind of like just pushes the tasks down yeah them and then people who just like really rise to the occasion and tackle them and that's definitely the personality the second part that I am nurturing. That does better here. Let's talk a little bit about Piper West, if that sounds all right, because we've talked a little bit about privilege, which I'm sure we'll get back to as well. But you started Piper West, a watch company. Yeah, about four years ago. While also doing privilege. And so what were kind of some things you could take from starring privilege to starring Piper West? And what was like specifically different? Hmm. Well, the difference is that it was like a single skew mm-hmm. round, right? Like it was specifically yeah. watches. Um, but it really like the customer was the same. Like we wanted a specific product for our same customer yeah. that we couldn't really find on the market. So I was like, why don't we just develop it? And then there's another opportunity there to kind of mm-hmm. we can wholesale the units because we had to high, buy high inventory yeah. that we could we could sell some of it, but we couldn't necessarily sell all of it. Um, so, and then I, I, truthfully, I'm really creative, so mm-hmm. I really enjoy that part of it. I could probably work in product development full time for somebody else, and just yeah. if if I could spend my days doing that, that is what I love You'd to do. You'd be a happy camper. Yeah, so that's just exciting to me. I'm like, okay, we'll do this, we'll do this. This is our color scheme. This is our mm-hmm. brand. We'll start with the letter P. So it's like kind, it's on brand. It's kind of, a, it's like a sister to Privilege. Yeah. And Priv collections, but it's it's people don't really know like the mystery of like maybe the insiders know, mm-hmm. but not everybody knows. Um, and even to this day, people are like. 
I'm like, yeah. And they're like, wait, I had no idea. <laughs> and I, I like that mystery a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I was just really trying to develop something that I liked. It's as simple yeah. as that. And that's the same reason I started Privilege. I couldn't find what I wanted. So I'm like, if I want it, I think other people did do as well. And then I realized that people liked my eye. So they're like, mm-hmm. when I had an eye for something, other people seemed to really respond to that. Yeah, so it was very similar to starring the Priv line. Very similar, well. except we went straight to wholesale right off the bat. Yeah. So we had a little bit of experience in wholesale at that point, and we're like, let's let's just go straight to wholesale and then drop it through the stores as well as like an mm-hmm. exclusive retailer. Well, not exclusive, but like um, our official retailer. Yeah. And also nurture the e-commerce business because I always was like, I need to have a plan B. Mm-hmm. I always thought at some point people aren't going to shop in the stores. People aren't going to they're get behind their computer. It's too easy. Like, yeah. why would they go to the stores? And between you and I, like, I don't really go shopping. Bad as this is, yeah. I will drive out of my way to his Starbucks drive through hmm. Is that incredibly lazy or is that incredibly <laughs> No, but or I. Is it efficient? It's con- <laughs> it's just like I'm such a sucker for convenience. Yeah. Because life is busy and there's mm-hmm. so many exciting things I can be doing. So you really have to delegate accordingly. It's no different than I order my groceries online now. Mm-hmm. I like refuse. I'm like. It's and they not- come in the orange boxes. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like I I don't have to get out of my car and go grocery shopping. My time is worth more than that. Yeah. So. I'm an idiot if I ignore that factor. So at that point, I'm like, at some point, the end of the line for me is a direct-to-consumer model yeah. on this, on an e-commerce platform. So I've always been just juggling those priorities, and I'm like, I don't know at what point the tipping point goes there, yeah. but I think at some point, that is where our society's headed. Mm-hmm. Well, we, I think we know that. That's an obvious thing. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't obvious when I opened. Like, there was e-commerce, but people still wanted to try things on, and it was denim, so it was still required it's really less important nowadays. Yeah. And I think it definitely depends, like you said, on what you're buying, because there are some pieces where it's nice to go into a store and like see like, oh, what size do you like? But even then still, sometimes you order it online after you try it in store. Yeah, and the only differential there is the return policy. Mm-hmm. But even still, like between you and I and everyone listening to this podcast, like we have a different return policy online than in store because it just doesn't work. Yeah, So. Definitely. It's better, faster, cheaper. That's what people want. They want a ruthless return policy where they get exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. And that's what the consumer wants. And so that's the driver. And so talking a lot about what consumers want, how do you stay up to date on that? Because obviously you've done your research on the spa industry, but I know you guys also have a Facebook group, Mm -hmm. privileged Facebook group, where you guys can interact with um, customers a bit. But what are some other ways you kind of stay on top of what consumers are interested in? I would say that that's always been like a personal area that I've worked on. I Mm -hmm. I listen to my girls a lot. A lot of times they're more active in their social lives. I have three kids. So obviously I'm not out there on the scene seeing what people are wearing constantly looking for the hottest best thing so for me I'm doing online research or when I travel I'll hop into stores and see what they're selling and you know Mm -hmm. look for what to see what their curated mixes I follow influencers I see what they're posting yeah um I do market research that way but I'd say that's something that is probably a little bit more of a challenge for me than it was in the past I had a lot more time to do that now I'm a little bit limited but I do find that we have a lot of group discussions and I'm like, what do you guys think of this trend or that? And we kind of like banter things back and forth mm-hmm. amongst the girls. And there's quite a different um, area of interest from like the girls that work for me that are 20, 21, and I'm 36. Yeah. Well, we're getting a lot of perspectives there. You do not look 36. Thank You're you. You're so young. <laughs> Sweet. Well, 36 is still very young, it, but I just mean you're very youthful. Well, I remember when I was like 21 and I thought 36 was so old. And now I'm 36 and I'm like... I feel 21 still. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how has this happened? Yeah. But I do feel like there's a lot of life ahead of me. Yeah. So I have a different vision of what 36 is than what it was. Have you seen 13 going on 30? I don't think I have, actually. It's um, it's a that pretty like popular movie. For but your age group. Yeah, I think because that came out, it says, like, this girl's dream, she's 13 years old, it's her birthday, and she's like... Uh, 13, young and flirty, or, oh no, 30, young and flirty, I want to be 30, young and flirty, and then she becomes 
30 years old. Yeah. And I think because of that movie, I'm just like, oh, anyone in their 30s is like basically still 20. It's the, it because is. The, because the movie like says that. I mean, that's what you learn as you get there is like you mm-hmm. really actually feel like the exact same person. Yeah. It's like, you're, like I don't feel old. And, and truthfully, I would never go back to the struggles of 20s. Yeah. Twenty like, is hard. It's hard to be in your twenties. There's so many things you don't know about yourself and you don't know what you're gonna be and you don't know who your husband or your wife is going to be and what your future what what lies and you're not mm-hmm. as financially stable. So truthfully, I sometimes like we complain about our age, but like I wouldn't wouldn't go back. Yeah. So life is exciting. You gotta have to you just have yeah. to appreciate what you have. And your three kids, how old are they? So they, I, it's like, this makes me feel old when they say it because my eight-year-old is turning nine this month. Aww. And that just sounds crazy to me because <laughs> in my mind, I just had him. And yeah. that went really fast. And then my five-year-old just turned six last month and I have a two-year-old. Aw, so, so boy, precious. boy, girl. Yeah. My brother is 10 years younger than me and he just turned 13. I was like, wow, how did this happen? Like, and you were like four, yeah. like two days ago. My sister's sitting beside me, and <laughs> how old are you? Five years younger. Yeah, five years under, 31. But I was going to say 30. You forget. When you're 36, <laughs> you just forget. Yeah. Um, she's like literally 13 to me when I look at her. Because <laughs> she was my baby sister. Like, five yeah. years felt like so, so many years when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. right? And now she's like my best friend and we're so close, but yeah. it's, it's insane to me. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, how are you 30? Yeah. How is it working with family? Because the best. Gym days? Oh yeah, we worked, she worked for me at the gym. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Long time running. The OG. It's the best. I don't know. I don't know how people complain about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think if we're, it's a partnership. I respect her opinion a lot. Are there any boundaries when you guys go home for like Thanksgiving or anything? Like, oh, we can't talk about this or like don't overbear. You probably wish or... there was sometimes, hey? <laughs> yeah, there should be. You have to like, but that's something that's not just for family. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a, a lesson for like this this entire culture. Yeah. Like the busy culture that is just. I've been really grinding, like I go through phases in business and sometimes you're like really grinding and then mm-hmm. other times you kind of sit back and let it coast and kind of like watch. Um, and I've been a bit in the grind stage this year. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the busy culture really needs to look honestly at itself. Mm-hmm. For I see some of the younger people um, who are starting businesses and doing that. You have to have limitations around your work. And with the digital world, there's not really many limitations. Like you can work. Yeah. I get work calls all weekend. And even as a mom, mm-hmm. sometimes my best work time is like 5 to 7 a.m. Oh, and wow. then I realize, I'm like, I can't text somebody at this time. This is like <laughs> offside. But you do have to have limitations because mm-hmm. with our phones doing so much work on it, you have to limit that. It's just unhealthy otherwise. Yeah, especially since it comes everywhere with you. And it's really it's not going to so make that easy. much of a difference. Like if you're working, if you're hustling that hard, Sometimes it's just like you're not working smart. Yeah, it's better to work smarter than work harder. They say, There's something right? definitely to that. And mm-hmm. but then I, I could like flip the opposite on the cult on the younger generation. And sometimes, um, I use this reference. Although I haven't been to the grocery store lately because mm-hmm. I've been ordering all my groceries online. Sometimes when I go to the grocery store, I notice how many people are there in the middle of the day, and it shocks me because I'm like, aren't you guys working? Like. Do we have a culture that is also everybody wants to be self-employed and yeah. everyone wants to work on their own, that they're actually like not working? Yeah. So I don't know. It's a question I ask myself. I worked at a mall doing some of their marketing and guest services work this past summer, and it would be like a Tuesday, a Thursday. I'd completely forget because it's just as busy on the Tuesday and Thursday as on the weekend. And I'm like, aren't you kids like supposed to be in school or something? Yeah. like? I was shocked. I don't know, but maybe that's the flexibility that the digital world has given us to mm-hmm. work at our own hours, that that's just a change and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just an interesting takeaway. So what would you say like a average day in your life looks like? Um, I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask it. <laughs> I get up early. Mm-hmm. 
because I really feel like I'm in a stage of my life where I don't have time even during the day. Mm-hmm. I have three kids that like, and a toddler specifically, like that draws a lot from you. Um, and I have a nanny, thank God, so I can, thank goodness, bleep that out. <laughs> That's fine. Um, that lets me kind of like exit during the day so I can get, um, but I want to spend time with her. I don't want to mm-hmm. leave her nine to five, five days a week either. Yeah. So I try to get up before the kids are up and get like some emails done mm-hmm. early in the morning. And I, it's not because I'm just grinding, but I, uh, it's my peaceful time. Like I, I'm only not stressed if I'm actually getting my stuff done. Yeah. So it gives me some peace. I drink my coffee. I'm by myself. No one's asking me questions. Mm -hmm. Because that's one of the things in my life that really drives me crazy is how many questions I'm answering all the time. Kids ask a million questions. (laughs) And then when you're like a wife or a boss, people just look to you. Mm -hmm. So you're just like, you get to decision overload. So I find during the day, like I get the kids to school, I make their lunches, get them to school. And then I come by the shop for usually like I'll intend to come by for like an hour and I'll stay for like two and a half and that's when I just kind of like make sure everyone things taken care of or I address any yeah. issues that arise or talk uh, to my team about anything mm-hmm. I mean that's when but it's not like I feel like I'm getting my workload done it's more yeah. just like assisting them and then like what my goal is every day is like would be like in the afternoon like maybe get a workout in which hasn't happened in the last like two and a half months um, maybe take my daughter for a walk and spend some like quiet time. Mm-hmm. But I also have taken part. Um, I've been acting on like as a board member on a new skincare line. Oh, exciting! So I tend to have a lot of conference calls, and mm-hmm. so I tend to do those in the day. So my day has been really busy with those kinds of things. Yeah. So yeah, and then I pick my kids up from school, and I do sports, which I call my second job. Is just like. Do, taking my kids to activities yeah and then making dinner and then I'm so exhausted that I just go to sleep just knocks you right it's out at the end just of just like day. work constantly the stage mm-hmm. of your life like you really gotta <laughs> enjoy when you're younger and yeah. you don't have kids and you have so many responsibilities but if you mm-hmm. want to be a hands-on parent it's a full-time job yeah for sure so does that make you do you think focus better when you're at work because you have like the time dedicated just for work yeah or for sure yeah. I think creative people tend to be incredibly disorganized mm-hmm. they're not they're not the there's different types of people right and yeah. I fall into the creative category so by nature this is what I say I'm late I'm naturally disorganized yeah <laughs> this sounds like my whole apartment yeah. oh yeah yeah <laughs> and so I always when I was in school I realized that I operated way better under stress so mm-hmm. I needed timelines. Like I would leave the paper to the last minute because I knew I, I wouldn't yeah. do it until I had a firm deadline. Um, I think my life right now is a fine example of that. So I have so many deadlines and so many things to do that I have no choice but to be organized. Mm-hmm. So my calendar, I don't know what I'm doing today until I open up my calendar <laughs> and I see what's in there. And if it's not in my calendar, I will forget it. So yeah. it's organized, it's concise. I kind of have a schedule for the day. Mm-hmm. And I know if I have something to do that has to get done, like paperwork or whatnot, I have like maybe a half an hour, it has to get done. Yeah. So I've become a lot more organized and a lot more um, out, of necessity. Cal- out of necessity because I wanted to have kids and I mm-hmm. wanted to have a business. And I don't look at that as like a bad thing. I just, I think I'm lucky to have mm-hmm. those things. And so with everything comes a price. And for me, the price is I have to be really organized now. (laughs) And I'm busy and I know that it won't last forever. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm working from 5 a.m. to when I go to bed at nine o'clock and I'm so tired. I'm too tired to watch a Netflix show or to read a book. Mm -hmm. I'm in a book club and I've read one and a quarter of the books that we've been (laughs) reading, like done 10. You just show up, it's your presence. It's my social, that's it. But truthfully, it, I know this won't last forever, and so I'm just mm-hmm. trying to like do the best that I can. Yeah. Do you have any tips for any other mothers who want to do it all? Um, except that it was a choice, and not when you complain about it, just know that you're still really grateful. Yeah. For it. So I think it's just like your perception. Your perception really forms your mm-hmm. attitude. Yeah. So it's like what could bring you down, really, like. 
it's like that quote. It's like, remember when you wanted everything that you have today? Yeah. I think we don't quote. remind ourselves of that enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so much easier to just like complain about yeah. my kids needing me or my five-year-old that's driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. Or like I took my two-year-old to sports with me last night, even though I didn't have to because I wanted to spend time with her. And it was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I'm turning around and she's running around in a diaper at a hockey rink. Yeah. taking all her clothes off. <laughs> And it's hectic, but I like just looked at it and I laughed and I put her clothes back on and I wrangled her into the car and it was just a moment. Yeah. Like it's not gonna last forever. Yeah. Toddlers actually for like I said, my brother's ten years younger and I think that was like two to probably six is the best so age. So funny. Gap. They're so like just small and sweet and Oh, it's hilarious. Just and crazy. my daughter is arguing with everything. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden everything is me no yikit. <laughs> oh, you don't like it? Me, no, you like it. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you have to wear a shirt. At yeah. A um, yeah. I just think you need to like lighten up about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And also, like, stop comparing yourselves. Stop comparing yourselves. If if it hurts you to go on social media because it forces you to compare yourself, don't go on social yeah, media. Yeah, just take it off. Just take a break. Yeah. Yeah. And also, sometimes I feel like we shouldn't feel forced to do what we see other people doing because we're actually not paving our own path at that point. And mm-hmm. we're not really, you know, look at, you know, Jeff Bezos that started Amazon. I mean, yeah. he didn't follow anyway. anyone on social media. He started his own thing and mm-hmm. he like thought creatively and made his own path. So sometimes I think we're blinded by social media and this yeah. culture that lets us see everything because then we feel like that's the only way. And mm-hmm. then we shame ourselves internally, even if we don't say it, for taking any other path. Yeah, like for myself, I think even when I look for fashion inspiration online, I'm looking for inspiration, but it actually blocks me from having some That's inspiration right. because I'm just like copying what mm-hmm. I see. That's right. How do you think you find inspiration for a privilege? I find it difficult to have inspiration when you're busy. Mm-hmm. I think busy and creative like does not live in the same yeah. That was not a proper sentence, so just but try to get my point. <laughs> Busy, busyness and creativity do not live yeah. in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like, get unbusy. And you have to, like, like, for me, it's usually, like, the second I get on an airplane and I'm traveling and I'm excited and I've gotten everything done that I need yeah. to get done and I'm, like, kind of, like, out, that's when I get creative. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're working on vacation. Like, no, that's when I'm actually, like, I'll make notes in my phone of, like, ideas mm-hmm. or new things that I need or, like, new designs. And that's, for me, that's, that's the fun. fun part. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Do you Did you think when you were making the dresses and the outfits out of the extra cloth at your house yeah. that you would be here today no. with your own watch line no. with privileges line now you know what i think um and i laugh about this a lot i think we ignore like kids are so spiritual and mm-hmm. they're so connected to their soul like who they yeah. are and then cult, our culture kind of like forms us right like you conform you go to school and it, it in some ways it strips you of like your true self and then yeah. it, that soul kind of gets lost and as a mom, I really tried to recognize, like, my kids, who they are. Like, who, tr- like the, as a mom, the best thing I can do is help them figure out who they are to f- mm-hmm. help pave their path in life. Because for me, that was obviously who I was. Yeah. But I found a paper that I wrote in Trinity, at Trinity, and my third, I think it was, like, this is embarrassing, because I think it was, like, maybe my third or fourth year. Yeah. And... I was clearly not very in tune with who I was as a person, but I did a whole, um, like a vocational study. So Mm -hmm. there was like a big test that we took and then it kind of assessed your thinking and what your personality type was and where you should work. Mm -hmm. And then you were to analyze it and write out like what your career path was going to be. It had to be fourth year because it was planning for the future. Mm -hmm. And so I did the whole thing, clearly didn't read the results. And I wrote my paper. And what my paper said was that I wanted to be an accountant. And I wanted to work at an accounting company. And like that, it, anyone that knows me knows that's the absolute yeah. most crazy <laughs> thing. I don't even like to open my online banking. Like yeah. I'm the least financially 
financial thinker like there mm-hmm. possibly could be um also not organized like definitely don't keep my paperwork in order like I'm yeah. not an accountant like <laughs> by any stretch it's of the, the opposite of the absolute wrong. and then I looked at the results and I had this whole plan on how I was going to become an accountant and how I was going to mm-hmm. do that and it was like a three or four page written assignment yeah and the results said 98% fashion buyer oh wow there's no part of like accounting or finance or I failed statistics, I think four times yeah. in university. And I took calculus in grade 12, five times. Mm-hmm. Like I am not that kind of thinker. Mm-hmm. And I was completely ignoring the soul of who I was. Mm-hmm. And so my advice to my younger self would be to figure out who that person is instead of like looking at all the to do's and what you should yeah. be doing. Like you really should just like look inside and be like, what do I like? Like what drives me? What's mm-hmm. my strength? Maybe it's talking to people. Maybe it's, you know, I think if you can isolate that, you're going you're gonna to be way more successful than yeah. if you kind of just do the right thing all the time. And, and what you think you're supposed to do. Get your degree and go get a master's and do your interning and do, like, it, you, just be a sheep. Like, don't be a sheep. Don't mm-hmm. just do what they tell you to do. Like, look inside, figure out who you are, and then choose a path accordingly. Yeah. And that's even goes back to what you're saying, the type of people you're looking for at Privilege as well mm-hmm. is drivers. Yeah. Um, do you think most of the women you surround yourself with your friends and people here would also be drivers? Um, yeah, I definitely have. I'm like so mm-hmm. inspired by my group of friends and the women in my life. Um, those relationships are why we are on this earth mm-hmm. more than anything. And I, I don't even think we know the full magnitude of what we are getting out of it or what it, the purpose is yeah. in the story of our life. Um, but absolutely. Like, I, I would say a lot of my inspiration comes from those people. Yeah. And how do you choose the people you surround yourself with? Yeah, I, th- I think about this a lot lately, too, because what's the saying, which, and this sounds really harsh, but if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. And I really believe that. Like, I think it's okay to say no to things. Mm-hmm. And I always lived by saying yes to everything and really being like, I'm a yes girl and being agreeable and mm-hmm. being easygoing. And that's like na- naturally who I am. But you have to set limitations and you can't say yes to everything yeah. and you need to start saying no. Have and some you, boundaries. Yeah. And because when you do choose to be around specific people, you're actually valuing it at that point. And it's mm-hmm. a choice. And you're like, wow, I really appreciate this versus just doing things to do them or just networking. I mean, that's just bullshit in my opinion, to be honest, like true networking, true networking comes from real relationships, real connections, real Mm -hmm. human connections. Yeah. It always surprises me when, because I'm graduating this year, so I'm like looking forward to business and I'm from Victoria originally, so I don't really know many people here in Langley. And so as I talk to more people, they're like, yeah, we have like um, cue cards full of like people we met once and they're in business and we'll call them up if we need anything. I'm like, well, do you call them up more often than if you need anything? Yeah, like, do you know anything about yeah. them? I don't know. I feel like, and this is a spiritual comment, but like I feel like God gives us what we need and we meet people for different reasons. Mm-hmm. that we should acknowledge in our life and networking kind of is aligned with that mm-hmm. it's been very rare that I needed something whether it was like um an employee that I was so short-staffed and we we're so stressed yeah and someone didn't walk in the door right at the right time or I didn't maybe need a tech person and I just happened to meet a person or think of somebody that was in my network that yeah. I could connect to at that time I think if you slow down, you realize you have the resources, but you have to nurture those relationships mm-hmm. in a genuine way. And I think our society and social networking can be really disingenuous. Yeah. What is that word? Disingenuous? Dis- Dis- not genuine. Yeah. Anyways. I think it is disingenuous. That's the word. Um, I couldn't get the ending. You you got the bulk of it. Okay. As long as we get the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... I think that's, I don't think that will work. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything inauthentic will work. Yeah. I think, I think the world corrects you and we're like all just on a path of growth and change. And mm-hmm. it's not about who makes the most money at the end of the day. Like we're on no. a personal path on a different level. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I just f- have found that any, any of those, I, I say no to a lot of those networking events now because yeah. I just find it to be 
brain, brain damage. And to be honest, when you reached out to me, I looked at the email, I said, I should do this. And I, and I replied back because I felt like I could offer something to your conversation. And there, that was a clear conscious choice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. For and I saw that. that at the right time. Like there's probably many of them I've missed in my inbox, but I mm -hmm. saw yours at the right time. And I believe you kind of are drawn to what you should be doing. So. Thank you. And I'm so glad you did say yes. I was like, this is such a long shot, but you know, it's always yeah. a no if I don't ask. It's so. kind of like a lesson in life though, too. I think you should always go for the long shot. Yeah. Like, like reach out. Like it, oh, it really doesn't hurt to ask the question. People are like, how did you get that Jade and Carly collab that you just did with Jade Roper mm -hmm. and Carly Dunn? I was like, I just asked their agent. Yeah. Like, oh. Like if it seems like a long shot, there's usually if just break down the steps. Like it's it's really the only difference between people that do something and don't are whether you do it or you don't. <laughs> there's no magic. Yeah. There is magic in like people who are like you meet some people sometimes you're like they are they're magic. Yeah. Like they have something, yeah. a, a drive something or something really special. Them. But we all have that. I think those are just like discoveries that people mm -hmm. have made when they're really confident and yeah. they know what they want and being in tune with themselves but mostly they're just not afraid to ask or to go for it mm -hmm. like starts with how you manifest your your thoughts yeah that's so true so with the jade and carly collab you the first step you did was just to reach out to their agent and just ask and then after that what would you I say didn't like even know who they were to be honest. Really? Yeah. I was just trying to make it, I'm like, I knew they had a big podcast. I, said mm -hmm. they, I saw they had a lot of followers in their private Facebook group. And I was like, who are these girls? And so I went on their Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, they have a million followers each. I, I have no idea who these girls yeah. are. So I reached out to their agent. I said, hey, like, love to do a podcast with these girls. Like, would you consider? And he, he replied back first thing in the morning. He said, let's, let's chat. There was a price tag for that podcast. I think it was like yeah. twelve thousand dollars. And and then we started talking. They said, "Well, I've actually done these clothing collabs," um, and he's like, "Yes, like yes, oh. clothing. Yes, they need a clothing line. This is it, it was yeah. meant. It was just meant. I was meant to see that. Yeah, I was meant to talk to him. We connected. I came to work. You know who Jade Tolbert and Carly Waddell are." And the girls and I was like, yeah, yeah. we're in paradise. They were on the bachelor. And I'm like, oh, this is something. Yeah. This is a real so thing. I like, just looked into it. And then a week later, I hopped on a call with the girls and we started the collection. It took about a year. Yeah. But it's like, it was just meant to happen at that point. In time. It just fell into place after you went for it. Yeah. And then it was just a lot of actions. Mm -hmm. So like you have to actually do the collection and you have yeah. to follow up and you have to be thorough and you have to actually do the patterns and you have mm -hmm. to actually follow through. But it's not like a magic. Mm -hmm. Just do it. That's awesome. That it worked so well, and yeah, I just think, I just think it's how you think of yourself. Maybe mm -hmm. some people would be scared to ask, but yeah, that's something. That's the worst. No. Exactly, They're and if you don't ask, you already have a no. Yeah. So. Totally. Yeah, that's something my dad always told me. He's like, if you don't like shoot your shot, you're always gonna miss it. It's true. You know, you're not losing anything. Yeah. Super lame to just have not tried at all. Mm-hmm. What do you think the best piece of advice you've gotten from your family is? I always use this one, think of this from my dad. He told me just don't be emotional mm -hmm. about business. And as a woman, not being emotional about anything, like I'm so in tune with feeling like I should be doing what I'm meant to be doing. So it's hard not to be emotional about something you care so much about. Mm-hmm. But can't be emotional about business you have to make financial decisions and yeah. decisions about products that are unemotional and I think if I was purely emotional all the time I would not have a business mm -hmm. so I think that was really good advice so how do you think that you step back how do I step back yeah from being as emotional like um, let's mm. say there's a project you love and you're like oh I really want to keep this it's like something I've poured so much passion into and you know like, maybe you get enough financial pain that you realize you have to actually listen to it mm -hmm. like like the world is going to show you what you need yeah and it's going to teach you those things but I don't I just don't think that that is enough of a driver in business because you care like that's yeah. just not a factor to the customer yeah, it's, it's not, not relevant. relevant. No, yeah. like, yes, your heart needs to go into it. And you need to do something meaningful. And the customer can feel if there's meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. But you still have to have a responsibility to your employees, to mm -hmm. your customers, to, like, it's a job. You yeah. have to, like, 
like be socially responsible mm-hmm. so yeah you just you have to limit your emotional involvement that's a smart way make the right decisions so. yeah that's a good piece of advice he gave you yeah like one example is like um we're slightly overstaffed right now for the holidays usually we have mm-hmm. a certain amount we have like a couple more and so it's like you have to schedule accordingly i love all of these people yeah this is the amount of shift this is what you have you can't just make more mm-hmm. because you want to. You don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. I think I've, it's, yeah. it's a piece of advice that I have re- referenced a lot mm-hmm. just in my own mind back and forth when like things I would maybe have like had a hard conversation with somebody I would have cried about. Now I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that's just business. Yeah. And it really is mm-hmm. just business. It is business. And I think that's something like that a lot of people sometimes say to not to make it super like political or anything Mm -hmm. but sometimes say to women like oh can you run this company and make those hard decisions but you're like living proof well I think it's it's what and this might offend some people this comment but I think it's what gives men a leg up in business Mm -hmm. and gives them a bit of a competitive advantage because for some reason I think they have the ability to be un- more unemotional than women yeah we just are such nurturers and we care so much mm-hmm. and so we have to make sure that that doesn't limit us in business and that we're actually still making really smart decisions yeah and learn financial how to just decisions be yeah and like I don't want to make it all about money but like in business money's a big yeah. factor so it's what keeps you afloat yeah you have to hit the budget you yeah. have to like make the numbers work if you can't afford to have staff then you can't afford to run the place that's right and as a like as the boss that's your job mm-hmm it's not really anybody else's job but it is yours yeah so. and does that get heavy sometimes yeah because it's not my nature mm-hmm. my nature is to love everybody and care for everybody and be friends and like I'm very light and easy to get along with that's that's my nature yeah so it's something that I'm just aware of that I work on constantly that's so good and so being friends with everybody and stay in contact with everybody <laughs> I'm bringing this back to kind of the customers privilege Facebook group chat because this is something I heard about on your podcast mm-hmm. and I was like that is such a unique what happens in there like <laughs> join it <laughs> I think I'm going to yeah, join it. So, like, the goal, we're actually taking a just a short break from the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we haven't been engaging as much in there. But usually, like, we're starting it back up again in January. Yeah. We just needed, we've done about 150 episodes. We needed to take a break there. Yeah. And it's our busy season, so we just needed to really mm-hmm. focus on that. But the goal of the Facebook group is to engage on the podcast topics, which is a lot of business yeah. ideas and a way to, like, actually have a closer relationship with our customers on a digital level mm-hmm. and actually have an intimate relationship. So... On the consumer level, in a store, mm-hmm. you can have a very good relationship with a customer because there's face-to-face yeah. contact. But when you're behind a computer and it's all online, and you have online customers, how do you have a one-on-one relationship with those customers? Mm-hmm. It's pretty hard. So we thought the podcast was a really useful way. Yeah. At least people hear who we are, but we want to hear who they are yeah. as well. So that's where we started the podcast, the the group, the yeah. podcast group. Um, and you can find us, I think it's Priv Talk. It's just Priv Talks. So it's a mm-hmm. private Facebook group. And you can join. I think they ask you a few questions. And yeah. That's awesome. Sometimes they post things I think are funny in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just um, a good tool to have like a proper mm-hmm. social relationship, I think. And I, th- I think that's a big future of social media mm-hmm. are those private groups. And it helps keep kind of like your brand image and just like the values of your company going through. I've met a lot of people through there, like got a lot of good brand relationships through the podcast on up and coming brands. I've Mm -hmm. actually like built out some mentor relationships with some smaller brands that I've been able to help. I feel like that's part of my journey is maybe doing a little bit more of that mentorship Mm -hmm. and something I might evolve into. Um, I've thought about maybe creating a program on building brands that people could take and mm-hmm. or something like that. Maybe it's just the podcast, but it's something I'm I'm always exploring how I can grow and continue because mm-hmm. you can't stay the same. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think mentorship is so important. I actually have two business mentors right now awesome. because like, and I also have one first year Trinity student as my mentee because I figure if someone's pouring into me. I should be pouring into someone else. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that sounds like a wonderful idea. I'm 
I feel like it's probably like a personal strength of something that I, um, I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. It's Mm -hmm. been uh, a really great tool for me to learn. Mm -hmm. Podcasts are great. I mean, as long as you're providing really insightful, useful information, it's such a great way to learn and to actually interact. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 2020, I think we'll be doing a little bit more exploration on that. Mm -hmm. Right now we're doing like a major push on our, in our digital space. Yeah. So we've done a lot to push into this new market for our wholesale and we're pushing a lot for um, to get onto Amazon and to kind of like make sure that that part of the business is really thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just, that's a grind time for me. Yeah. But 2020, I want to focus on that. So what are some of the steps that go into that grind time of trying to get onto Amazon and pushing? You know, I feel like having three kids forced me to delegate a lot of things that I would have done had I not had children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of trying to get back because I've just noticed some holes in the business that I wanted to fix. And I realized yeah. there's no one that can fix them like me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of trying to repair those things. And one of the things I was trying to grow always, which people do know us as a digital brand, but mm-hmm. having a really strong e-commerce platform. And I'm just trying to repair some of those things and grow that with my own like heart behind it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I answered your question. I actually forget the question. <laughs> <laughs> it was some of the more like uh, specific ways you're trying to grow the e-commerce. Like, like uh, even just back-end SEO. Things okay, that are not yeah. my strength that I'm trying to learn yeah. about and get the proper web. And I finally outsourced my web team mm-hmm. to, to offshore. And it's like, I hate to go with the trend. Like I want to keep yeah. jobs local, et cetera. But like I happen to have a team that actually like tried with the local team mm-hmm. and it didn't work and I tried and it didn't work I tried and it didn't work and I tried and it didn't work gone offshore and it's working so you That's also good. like have to kind of go with the trend sometimes because mm-hmm. you can only try to do it here so many times and I, I think sometimes um, the market just pushes you that you have to do it I mean mm-hmm. rising wages locally is a struggle yeah. and I've noticed in my market Wages are rising, costs are rising more than 2% per year. Wages mm-hmm. went up 10% this year. Um, but co- like prices are, can't go up that much. No. Prices are actually going down. It's getting faster, better, cheaper. Mm-hmm. People want to pay less. They don't want to pay the same. So it leaves entrepreneurs really being squeezed. And so you have to either eliminate jobs or get smart about it. Yeah. And figure out for me a lot of like, is there a digital way to do this even better? Like, do I need a mm-hmm. person doing this, or do we just need a better system? Yeah. So that's been some of the changes I've made, and to be honest, it's been really hard changes, because I've had to be ruthless as a boss, mm-hmm. which is difficult for me. But I think the end will be worth it. So that's the path I'm taking. Yeah, that's so good. And then as it expands, there's another opportunity to hire more people. Exactly. So it comes back. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of economists that predict, um, the rise of like contract work. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm already seeing it, but so much, there's a major shift going on there where I don't think you need as many employees, but Mm -hmm. you, people will supply their work at their leisure and yeah. as the company needs it. So maybe it's not committing to a full-time person. Maybe you're only having someone a day and a half a week doing mm-hmm. it on a strategic level. So I, I do I read a lot about trends and the way things are changing and the way that things can be better. Mm-hmm. And I'm just open to it. And I, I worry sometimes about jobs locally. And I worry about prices and the cost of living with the younger generation on mm-hmm. how are they ever going to buy a house? And yeah. how are they ever going to... The net worth of a millennial right now is $10,000. And the wake-up call was that they're not buying your real estate. Oh, yeah. They're not buying your real estate. So what happens to real estate? So that drops. Mm -hmm. How does that trickle down? What's the actual health of our economy? Because everything rides on that. Everything. And if that collapses, we're in trouble. And I have some strong economic opinions about that. And I feel like we all have to be very, very smart with our time and very open to change. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should ever think there's a safe, secure thing. I think we should always have our eye yeah. on the future and what we could be doing or where it's going. Because now with techn- technology and things like artificial intelligence, it's going so fast. So, so fast. fast. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with technology, it's like things are always changing in ways you don't even expect. Like 
to bring up a very old, simple example, Vine. People thought Vine would be around forever. And now it's been kind of, it died for a little bit. And now, have you heard of TikTok? Yes. And this is like the biggest thing. Yeah, it's huge Mm -hmm. right now. And it's kind of, I am not a huge TikTok person personally, but I'm like, this is very kind of similar to Vine. It's just like at a different time. It wasn't sustainable for people to say, oh, I'm going to be a Vine influencer and like have their whole thing on there. So it's the same with business. Like you have your wholesale, your spas, the actual boutique, e-commerce. Like there's many backups for... Yeah, and what scares me is the lack of security in anyone. Mm -hmm. Because it's really not there. Like... um, like a loyalty to a specific thing, let's say. Like, let's talk mm-hmm. about all of the influencers that were on Vine, and then it's just yeah. the rug is ripped out from underneath them, and it's gone. I mean, look at Instagram. That's yeah. a billion-dollar business. Multi, multi, yeah. multi. How many careers are based on Instagram? What if the rug exactly. is ripped out there? Like, I already see the effect and the influence of influencers has declined dramatically because there's so much competition. Mm-hmm. How do I know as a business who to pay, who not to genuine what's not how there's actually going to be an effect when Instagram will just click the algorithm and it's done exactly it's done so it's changing a bit too fast I think mm-hmm. and I don't know yeah it kind of seems like as soon as you figure it out it throws a bit of a curveball yeah, there's like no safety net yeah there's no like you know the, the day of like becoming an accountant and then you build a career, you buy a house, you go through the thing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. see the safety net yeah. in the next generation or even in my generation. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a little too quick. And I think skills are really important. And less people are doing those skills. I mean, there's a statistic that's overwhelming of the amount of people in school right now that want to be social influencers when they're out of school. Mm-hmm. Well, that's concerning. <laughs> Because we can't all be social influencers. Yeah. We have to have real skills and we have to have really, like, if the, if the internet went down tomorrow, mm-hmm. who's going to build our houses? Exactly. Who's going to grow our food? Who's going to sell our food? Who's going to distribute? Like, what's, there's a, it's just, it's just not realistic. So no. those are things I think about my, like, hamster wheel of a brain. <laughs> I'm probably worrying everybody listening. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's so true. Like, if everybody has influence, then there is nobody to do anything to, like... Well, we need to be selling something, first of all. And then, second of all, we need people to be buying something. Exactly. So... And if there's no one there to make it, you still need the person to sell it. But what are they going to sell if there's no one making it? Well, and do we live in a world where we just buy, 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 buy? Well, that stops at some point because how are those people getting you already see it mm-hmm. there's there's statistics on it on like the manufacturing index and how how much how much mass consumer goods are out there and how much people are buying because it is on the decline because people are saving mm-hmm. their money or like trying to be smart about it and yeah so even with forever 21 going under because a lot more people are buying like more ethically sourced clothing mm-hmm. than just mass made things. It just gets to a point where there's so much mass consumerism that mm-hmm. do, like do we really need that? I yeah. ask myself that all the time. Like, do we need this? Do I need that? And it's not money or it's not fashion. It's just I don't want that many things anymore. Mm-hmm. I want less. I want to be a little bit more mindful about it. Yeah. So it could be environmental, it could be financial, it could be a lot of things. Yeah. Which is an interesting perspective. And I think that we are really focused on consumerism with goods and less, um, I don't know, I think there might be a shift back to like a bit old school of like actual skill sets, like people mm-hmm. who can like hammer a hammer, like, you know, do <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah. Because that's a safe industry. That's not going anywhere. Very true. And even like a focus on transferable skills as well. like things that can last over multiple different changes like if you know how to connect well with people and Mm -hmm. even like organize time and organize people well then that's something you can do in almost any industry right yeah I just think like maybe if you're coming out the gate from university just be don't be too set on what 
you're actually going to be. Like be a little bit open to like what the market's going to tell you and what jobs are available and mm-hmm. what you actually like what they're dictating because sometimes it's like the one you're not hearing about right everyone's raving raving yeah. raving about one area like maybe that's not what you go into because mm-hmm. I, I would hate that it's saturated and there's no safety net and you go to an expensive university i mean someone's got to pay off those student loans i'm sorry this is so random it's about your steamer i have like the same steamer for the clothing and i love it yeah, you so don't good. realize a steamer is a game changer. Yeah, you don't realize how handy it is until you have one. And it's actually like a great way to like clean your garments. Like mm-hmm. if you have something that's dry clean only, throw a steam on it after you wear it, hang it back yeah. up, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's honestly recommend. a game changer. She yeah. bought a really good one on Amazon when I was at a trade mm-hmm. show and it was like forty dollars. It was incredible. It's probably yeah. the best steamer. It was like a Conair steamer and I was like, This is insane. So good. So we've come a long way with like commercial steamers. Was there anything, this is going off of the steamer because (laughs) um, that you like learned, obviously you learned a lot when starting Privilege as Mm -hmm. a boutique, but was there like anything that you can think fixed in your mind that you're like, oh my goodness, like I would have never thought of this, but that's definitely something I need to run my business. Hmm. I needed an accountant from day one Yeah. because I wanted to be my own bookkeeper, back to the dream of being an accountant, <laughs> and that ended up with stacks and stacks and stacks of paperwork and not proper reporting and just like not knowing what your business is doing, not having access to the financial data that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like major shockers. I don't know. I'm a person that's really open to learning. Yeah. So I'm not like a know-it-all. I kind of ask questions. I, I called, I kind of figured, found some people that I thought was really experienced in the industry, and I just started mm-hmm. calling and asking questions. I wasn't afraid to, like, figure it out. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And did you have any mentors? You called people in the industry. Did you get any mentors through that? For sure. I didn't, like, call them a mentor, yeah. but I have people that I have, like, constantly, like, asked questions to mm-hmm. and people more experienced in the industry than I was and they weren't necessarily in retail they were at different levels yeah. they might have been in wholesale or if I was meeting with someone as a buyer I would ask them mm-hmm. questions like how are your customers doing this or how are they doing that so I think you always have to ask questions I'd never worked a day in retail in my life really never so I had to learn how to fold and merchandise yeah. but when you're doing it with your own money I mean it's pretty easy you to learn figure it out yeah you yeah. learn it quickly yeah um yeah, I don't think I had any like really like huge wake up calls. I mean, it's pretty simple. You buy you buy what people are selling. Mm-hmm. You buy what you're selling. You buy what people want. Yeah. Replenishing and yeah. and whatnot. But and who would you say you're looking up to right now? Like, who do I look up to right now? I mean, okay, my friend Miriam, who's built Brunette the label. She's my best friend. She's my best friend back when I started the business, and oh, so, so we've sweet. talked yeah. about the business. Our, my entire journey yeah and her entire journey and we like call and ask questions and kind of like learn off of each other mm-hmm. she's probably the person I've been the most honest about everything so yeah. she's been a mentor in a lot of ways for me yeah and that's so nice to have someone else going through like such a similar thing with you and then truth be told I think we get a lot fixated on like women in business and looking to other women in business like I think we should look to the men as well mm-hmm. like I have huge respect for my he's not actually my husband sorry Trinity Western um he's just my boyfriend that we have been engaged for like 10 plus years we've been together for like 15 years um but he um I really respect what he's done in business and I ask him questions and I learn from him as well so Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like we're so busy propping up women that we forget to prop up the men as well yeah but that's okay because they've been propped up for years long before we were ever propped up so Mm-hmm. I understand it, but I think there's a lot we can learn from men in business as well. Yeah, there's no reason to neglect them no. when we're no. building other women up, build totally. everybody up. And sometimes he has the most obvious, unemotional response that I'm like, yeah. oh, I couldn't see that because I was blinded by mm-hmm. the way I was feeling or looking for a selective answer. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys, does he still do the gym? No, no, okay. no, no. We got out of that like shortly after, and that was a blessing. Um, we He is a car dealership. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so some car business and it's great mm-hmm. it's business. And Do you guys ever go home like with the uh, like sit on the couch? Yeah, ideas but rarely. Off of each other? We kind of stopped doing it because 
Home is for home. Keep home home, yeah. yeah. And that makes you a lot more intentional yeah. with your family. And, and I think you both just get sick of it, too. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. You just got to do what you got to do when you're away. Yeah. I heard one. So there's obviously the saying of you do what you love and then you're never working. But there's also, I heard someone talking a couple weeks ago. I can't remember where. But they said, like, sometimes you have to keep a hobby a hobby because if you do it all the time, you're no, it's no longer going to be, like, what you totally. love. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. There's a play, time and a place for everything. I think hobbies are really important too. You mm-hmm. have to have an outlet of something you enjoy. And I think a lot of people who get too busy forget mm-hmm. what they enjoy doing. Yeah. So to start wrapping things up, do you have like a dream collaboration for the future or? Hmm. Eva Longoria posted a video of our sleepwear recently and I was like oh we would love to do like a mommy yeah. collab with her but I've been really fixated on the moment that I haven't really been dreaming too mm-hmm. big for the future um I've been dreaming a lot on our podcast in the direction of that which I think we have a really good lineup of guests coming for our next season yeah so you guys stay tuned I also am possibly going to change the name of it I just think we need to be a bit more not that it's not going to be prip talks. I just want it to be a little more tailored to business. And I think mm-hmm. I want to get a little bit more creative with having insightful information and not just sometimes I feel like prip talks might be just trying to sell something because it's affiliated with the brand. And I don't want it to be like that. Like, I think we've got like really good value. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm just brainstorming on that and kind of dreaming about that. But that's it right now. That's so good. Yeah, I definitely do not feel when listening to Priv Talks that you're trying to sell anything. Good. But okay, awesome. I was like, is it too close to home that we have, like, the company called the same yeah. name as the podcast? Is it too, you know, advertising? I don't think so. Okay. It's well, something still to brainstorm about. Yeah. But, like, on my personal opinion, I think because we, I know the brand is called Privilege, yeah. and Priv is, like, a little offshoot because yeah. it's just shorter. But, yeah, that would be really exciting to have more business focused episodes as like well. still obviously yeah. the comedy and mm-hmm. like the lightheartedness but I just think there's a lot of great guests that we can like offer some really insightful yeah. information what is something you're curious about right now I'm curious about I'm working on this CBD skincare brand so I'm mm-hmm. curious about that and I'm really like exploring my creativity in that ways um I'll quickly do the web plugs just yeah. so you guys I get that out of the way. But yeah, you can find <laughs> us at styleforthepriv.com or privilegeclothing.ca. They're going to take you to the same place. It's just whatever you're used to using. Um, Piper West, uh, shoppiperwest.com and on Instagram at styleforthepriv and Piper West Watches. And Priv Talks, if you want to follow all three and me personally at Donnie Ray. If you want pictures of my kids and me dressed up in ridiculous Halloween costumes, <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah, you guys were the Incredibles this yeah. year. That was so sweet. I surprised my daughter. She had a, I got her a little like Incredibles costume, mm-hmm. and she was so excited about it. But when she went to put hers on with my nanny, mm-hmm. I, I went and changed into like the full Elastigirl yeah. costume, and I came out, and she was like, her face was beaming, like, oh my <gasps> god, you're a superhero too, it was really cute. Oh, that's so sweet. But I had to walk around Clayton Heights in a latex suit all night, so it was like, <laughs> sacrifices you do for your kids, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Oh, it was great. <laughs> That's all for today's episode. Thank you, Donnie, for joining me today. And thank you all who listened to my podcast. Donnie was so kind and generous to give out two discount codes for you guys. The first one is I love PW in all capitals for 25% off at Piper West. And the second one is Trinity25 in all capitals as well for 25% off at Privileged Clothing. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have an excellent day.